0: And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them. And you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 8411, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly i based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map, and that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church, and when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in you know we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven if we could see the result of all that god does at every service where the word of god is lifted and preached we'd be dumbfounded and amazed at what god does it's just not about uh, an attendance number on a board how many people can you get coming faithfully to your church purpose of church is not for attendance. The purpose of church is for growth. But if we look in the mirror, we're not perfect either. And the truth is, again, you can't change the other person. You can't get them saved. You can't change their faults. But God can. But you can change your own faults through God's help. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him, death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my key. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, come to the end of what's best for you, and start doing what's best for the sake of the Savior. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Sandy Creek Stirrings Podcast, a podcast where our goal is to stir up Christians to do something great for the cause of Christ. And we try to steep every single episode in a very heavy dose of biblical, factual, and logical truth that you can expect um, to be practical, things that you can go home and you can use today. We want it to be personable. We want it to be compelling. We want it to be something that will lead to applicable living. Uh, The preacher, pastor, uh, Johnny Pope has said for many years when praying, he said he would pray that God would give us shoe leather Christianity, something we can take home and walk in. And that's really what I, as the host, Joshua Menez, what I, as the host, want for uh, Sandy Creek Stirrings. I want it to be something shoe leather. I want it to be shoe leather Christianity, something that you can immediately put into practice within your daily life. And so I want to thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings today. I hope you've been enjoying our episodes. If you're a faithful listener, if you're a brand new listener, I want to thank you for listening. We have listeners in countries all over the world and many different countries, and I want to thank you for being a listener. Let me encourage you, if you have enjoyed this podcast, you can go on Apple Podcast, and um, I know many, some don't listen on Apple Podcast. About 40 to 50% of our listeners, from the details that I can see, uh, they listen on Apple Podcast. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, let me encourage you to leave us a review. If you don't, you can always go on Facebook to our Facebook page, Sandy Creek Stirrings, and you can leave us a review there. You say, why? Why should I leave a review? Well, don't leave a review if you don't like this podcast, or you can leave a bad review. I mean, you could do that too. And uh, But if you like it, what it'll do is if you leave a review, it'll help other people be able to find this podcast and listen to the same things that hopefully you have been enjoying and hopefully that have helped you. If this podcast has been a help to you, let me encourage you to send me an email, Joshua at Sandy Creek Stirrings.com. Again, that's Joshua at Sandy Creek Stirrings.com. We always appreciate being able to listen uh, and read uh, to the messages that listeners send, in. it's such a blessing and an encouragement. We are here, episode number 265, with part four of the Rapture series. Part four of the Rapture series. We've gone over several different subjects in regards to the rapture. Episode number 262 was the rapture series part one. It was entitled an intro to the end times discussion. And we went over, I think it was, if I remember correctly, 10 or 12 topics, 10 or 12 terms that are commonly talked about in eschatology, which is the study of the end times. So we went over um, at 10 or 12 terms. I can't remember exactly how many, but very common terms that are used in this discussion that you should be aware of what they are, what their definition is, how they apply to this discussion. So we went over terms like what is the millennial reign of Christ? What is the tribulation? What is the rapture? Who are the 144,000 witnesses? Who are the two witnesses there found in Jerusalem? Uh, How long is the tribulation? We went over a bunch of these different terms and terminology that is used in the End Times discussion. Then in episode number 263, I was joined by a guest during the Rapture Series Part 2, and that episode was entitled The Biblical Timing of the Rapture, The Biblical Timing of the Rapture. If you've been listening to this series in order, I would encourage you to listen to it in order. If this is your first episode, let me encourage you, go back to episode number 262 and listen to this series in order because it really lays the framework for everything that we've been talking about, kind of building upon each portion. But in 263, that episode, um, we discussed the biblical timing of the rapture. A few different views on when the rapture is going to happen. Um, Only one is right. Only one is biblical, and that would be the pre-tribulation rapture. I say that with no apology, with no exception, um, because I truly believe that, and I truly believe that the Scripture teaches that, and we clearly outline that in episode number 263. If you disagree, send me an email, Joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Some people believe that the rapture is going to happen in the middle of the tribulation. Some people believe the rapture is going to happen at the end of the tribulation. Um, just quickly, all right, we went over in 263 episode, um, 263rd episode, we went over um, how that can't be possible. One reason is is because we should be looking for the return of Christ at all times, meaning he could come back at any time. Um, the Bible says no man knows the day, the hour, or the time that he will return. Well, if he's going to return halfway through the Great Tribulation, which we can easily prove, like nobody questions this really, that the, that the Tribulation is going to be seven years long. Well, if he comes in the middle, that's three and a half years from the start of the Great Tribulation. If he comes at the end, that's seven years. We know the day, we know the time, right? Um, so we automatically have some violations. The only one The only view of the rapture uh, that fits within the context of the biblical framework, that fits within the biblical uh, view of the rapture, is the pre-tribulation rapture. It answers all those questions. It solves all the issues that all the other views are going to have. We discussed that very much in depth, episode number 263. Episode number 264 We was the rapture series part three. We discussed second century rapture beliefs. What do people believe about the rapture in the early 100s, the mid-100s, the late 100s? You have people who say... Nobody taught the pre-tribulation rapture that the rapture would happen before the tribulation. Nobody taught that until the 1800s. Nobody taught that until John Darby. Um, And we talked about why that's just not true, gave historical proof as to why anybody who says that is really just lying or they don't know their information. They are uninformed. Today, episode 265, the rapture series part four, our very final portion of this series, we're going to discuss what is the lie. What is the lie? Or in biblical terms, what is the strong delusion? You say, what is that? The 2 Thessalonians, um, you can go back, by the way, if you really want a more in-depth answer, we're going to breeze through it real quick, but if you want a more in-depth answer on what is the lie, what is the definition, what does that term mean? When Brother Josh says, the lie, what does that mean? Go back and listen to episode number 262, we gave an in-depth answer going through Scripture and talking about what is the lie, what is the strong delusion as far as the definition. Today, we're going to look at what is the lie, what is the strong delusion from a different curve, though. We're going to look at it from a different way, and I'll tell you about that here in just a second. We're talking about, though, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we clearly have outlined um, a chronology, a timeline, of some end terms, things that will be happening. For instance, um, in verse number seven, you have iniquity working, and then the Holy Spirit is removed from the earth. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of Christians, which means that the Christians are going to have to be removed. That happens in verse seven. In verse eight, you have, and then shall that wicked, and then meaning after in the in, within the grammar itself, it's laying a timeline that right after that that wicked be revealed. Wicked here is capital W. Go look it up. This is talking about the Antichrist, because the Lord will consume him with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. So you have the the churches raptured out. You have the wicked one, or the Antichrist, is revealed. Then in verse 9, it talks about um, him, and in verse 10, it talks about him and what he's going to do. His coming will be after the works of Satan. He will have power and signs. He'll have lying wonders, and he will deceive the unrighteous. He will deceive them that will perish. And here's the the people God is referring to in verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they— Notice, receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Notice very clearly outlined in verse 10, you have people who heard the truth but they did not receive it that they would be saved. These are people clearly outlined in verse number 10 who heard the gospel message, who heard that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, who heard, whether it be through preaching, whether it be a gospel track, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be reading the Bible, they heard the gospel message and they rejected it and they did not get saved. And God says one of the things that he's doing with this Antichrist, which by the way, God is still on the throne, God is still in control, folks. But in verse number 11, he talks about how this this Antichrist, that Wicked, capital W, is going to have lying wonders, and with all deceivableness, what is he going to do? Verse 11, "...and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie." that they all might be, and used in the proper context, not as a cuss word, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Meaning they thought that this unrighteousness, this sin they were living in was so good, they didn't want to give it up. So they heard the message of the gospel. They did not get saved. They rejected it. All of a sudden, the church is raptured out. The wicked antichrist steps up on the scene, and he gives a lie and a delusion is sent, and they believe it, so that they would not be saved. The Left Behind series with Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins—long um, series of books—you've probably heard about it before if you've spent time in Christianity. There's also a couple movies out, old movies. I think they're what were they from the 90s, maybe even the 80s, with a. Uh, was it Kirk Cameron who was in that? I don't remember who was in it. And um, But anyway, they had a, they had some movies out. Um, they did it again with some crazy ungodly actor that you're wondering why is he even playing as a Christian in a film. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> different topic, different story. And uh, have you ever seen some of these Christian movies and you're like, how in the world did they get this guy to play a Christian? How in the world did they get that guy to play a preacher? How in the world? Uh, sometimes that just bothers me. But anyway, um and yeah, there's one guy I'm thinking like he um he was a big time you know went campaigning for Hillary Clinton, went campaigning for Obama, like people who were totally for abortion, totally for homosexual marriage, totally for all these things. I mean he's a big time liberal, and he in a movie played a preacher, and I was like, what in the world is happening here <laughs> he is He is not even biblical, and uh, uh anyway, I'm getting off topic, but you have the Left Behind series and How interesting that story is, right? But the story is truly based on a falsehood to a degree. And here's the reason why. It's so sweet and it's so special and it's so touching and it brings tears to your eyes. It really does. Because you have guys, some of the main characters within the story who their family was telling them, you need to get saved, Jesus is coming soon. And they went to church, and they heard the message, and they kept putting it off, and then boom, they came home one day, and all their family was gone, and the rapture had happened, and they realized they were right, and they turned to faith in Jesus Christ. Very compelling story, right? Very compelling, very touching, very heart-moving, very sobering to think about that happening. But it's not biblical. It's just not. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, you want me to be honest? I'll be honest with you. I like the Left Behind series. I've read the books. Um, I've, I've worked halfway through it again not too long ago, and I'm stuck. I've got like pretty much most of the books. I'm missing one, I think, in the collection. So I'm kind of stuck until I can find that book at a thrift store because every single Goodwill has like the entire set of the Left Behind <laughs> series. And um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I like the books because to me, and some of you are going to be like, well, they're so unbiblical and blah, blah, blah. I don't read them like they're Bible people, I read them like they're the Hardy Boys. What are the hardy boys to you is left behind to me. I don't read them like they're the Bible. I don't read them like they're a commentary on Scripture. And you're like, well, you're going to get stuck in your head that this is the way it's going to happen. I'm not going to be there anyway. (laughs) You're like, it's not going to be giant horses the size of clouds and all that. I don't care. I'm not going to be there anyway. I've been raptured out. Uh, Obviously, I do care about biblical stuff, but I'm not going to my pulpit and preaching tonight. We're going to discuss the left behind series, specifically from the notes of the left behind series. That's not why I'm here. Um, So I'm neither going to recommend them. I'm just going to be honest with you. I like the books as far as a fiction book. That's what they are. They're a fictional story. They're clean. There's, you know, anyway, different topic. My point being, though, is they're not biblical. So many, if you've ever read the series, you know what I'm talking about. So many of the heart-touching, compelling stories. Our kids told us that Jesus was coming soon, and it was too late. They were raptured out, and we realized we needed to get saved. Heart-touching pulls on the emotional strings not biblical. God's very clear, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, if they've heard the message and chose not to receive it, when all this happens, there's going to be such a lie and a delusion coming straight through the workings of the Antichrist that they're not going to get saved. They're going to believe the lie. You say, well, no, 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 no. I, I, I left them gospel tracts that tell about exactly what happened. I don't care what you did or what you think or what you might come up with. God's clear. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God is very clear about what's going to happen during this time. Now, what is this lie? What is this strong delusion? Let's talk about the framework real quick. Um, we're not gonna we're we're gonna kind of give this, and then I've got some interesting uh, spins, some interesting we'll call them takes for you today, and uh, some interesting takes we're gonna give on what this lie is. the The Antichrist is gonna come on the scene immediately after the rapture. We see that in the chronology of this passage right here. Um, the until he be taken out of the way, referring to the Holy Spirit in verse seven. So the Holy Spirit is taken away, the Christians, the churches. They're raptured. Not the church buildings, the, the church, the people, the bride of Christ, right? They're raptured out. They're gone. And millions of people are missing across the earth. Uh, m- Christian politicians... Christian bankers, Christian pilots, Christian bus drivers, Christian trash pickup people, Christian public work stuff, Christian um, linemen, Christian doctors, Christian nurses, pastors, um, Christian mothers, Christian fathers, Christian wives, Christian husbands, Christian children. Uh, I mean, just go through. Imagine going into work one day and like, two doctors being gone, five nurses being gone, professors and teachers at schools being gone, Christian school, you walk in to take your kid to school one day and all the teachers are gone. Like, that's going to be a lot. Do you all realize the magnitude of what's going to happen during that time when all these people disappear? That is going to be a lot to take in. There's going to be, have you thought about all the people that are going to be missing? Just boom, they're gone. And then you know what happens during every, every catastrophe that happens in the world? Go back to 9-11. People were excited to be American again. There was a bond in being American, but people were also running back to church. World War Two, people were running back to God and to church. World War One, you look at the statistics. What churchgoers were statistic wise in the United States of America? War, World War One hits, and look at the statistics shoot through the roof. Same with World War Two. Same with 9/11. People during a ca- catastrophe run to God, but the problem is they're going to run to ch- to a church that they know has been preaching the gospel in their community, and if it's a true safe, born again group of believers, they're going to be gone. And they're going to go back Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and there's not going to be anybody there who's unlocked the doors. There's not going to be anybody there who's done that. And the truth be told, if these are people who have rejected Jesus Christ, they've rejected the gospel message, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to be biblical and talk about the reality. They are going to believe the lie, because here's what's going to happen. The Antichrist is going to rise up on the scene. He's going to rise up on the scene, and he's going to have an answer for what's happened. Where did all of these people go? Right? I mean, the, all over the world. We're talking about even countries to where you think, well, no, you can't even spread the gospel there. The gospel's spreading in China. The gospel's spreading in North Korea. The gospel's spreading in the Middle East. People all over the world are just, boom, gone. Where's my kids? Where's my wife? Where's my mom? Where's my dad? Where's my husband? Where's my doctor? Where's my pilot? Where's my taxi driver? Where's my neighbor? Where's my grandpa? Where's my grandma? They just disappeared. There's no trace of them. And there's gonna be someone who's gonna step up on the scene called the Antichrist. He's going to have what happened. He's gonna have a lie. This is what happened, and he's going to bring together the world in unity, most of the world, in unity. And peace in unity and peace. Now, I've talked about it before. If you want to go to YouTube, our pastor did a a revelation, verse by verse study through the book of Revelation. Took him two years, I think. And um, if you want to go through the book of Revelation, you can do that. Go to YouTube, Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church. Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church. Click the playlist button. Once you get to our page, click the playlist button. You'll see one there for Revelation, a study through the book of Revelation. You can read all through that. Our pastor, my father, did a phenomenal job just breaking apart the book of Revelation. But the Antichrist is going to step on the scene, and he's going to have a lie because it's not going to be true. The truth is that rapture happened. He's going to present this, and he's going to give a lie for what we need to do, and he's going to present this fake peace. Only Jesus, only the Prince of Peace can bring true peace, and there won't be real peace on the earth till he comes. But this Antichrist, if you read the timeline of the the tribulation, you know some of the things that are going to happen during this time. There's going to be peace for that first short little while. Then as things move along and peace has been accepted and this one-world government has been set up, then some things are going to happen. Uh, The Antichrist, as we can see from Scripture and Revelation, he's going to be killed and he's going to rise from the dead. I mean, there's going to be a lot that's going to happen. He's going to introduce the mark, um, you know, the mark of the beast. And if you don't accept the mark, you're probably going to be beheaded during the end times. And there are going to be people who will be beheaded because they're going to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because there's still going to be the the gospel is going to be propagated during this time by the 144,000, the two witnesses in Jerusalem, and we see a heralding angel in some passage of scripture. This gospel is going to be propagated. It's never done by the church because the church is gone. You don't see the church giving out the gospel during this great tribulation because they're out of there. They're gone. I, I love it. It's kind of like the umpire. He's out of there, and uh, they're gone. Right? People are going to be beheaded because he's going to introduce this mark. But in setting up that one world peace, here's what I want to get to today. He's going to give a lie. What is that lie going to be? There's a few theories. There's a few thoughts on what that lie is going to be. You ready for some of these today? Here we go. Here's a few takes on what the lie is going to be. The Antichrist, he's going to present a lie. What's the lie going to be? The one I've heard since I was a little boy, ready? The one I've heard since I was a little boy was alien invasion. The Antichrist is going to come and he's going to say that they were abducted by aliens and if we are going to be able to rescue ourselves from the fate of the alien invasion then we need to group together and uh, this is that's the that's been the common one like when I was a tiny little kid like sci-fi was a big thing you know we're talking you know uh, you know what is it? When when did Star Trek and some of these shows came out? Lost in space. Was it the 60s, 70s era? You know, 80s, 90s? You know, there was a big thought with a lot of space. You know, first nation to get to the moon and things of that sort. There's a lot of things. And so what you'll find, I find this interesting. What you'll find is a lot of these theories have come with where we sit at as a people. What almost makes the most sense. And for 30, 40 years there, there was so much involvement and infatuation with space that really, maybe it could have been that the Antichrist would step on the scene and say, you know, the reason these people are gone is they were abducted by aliens. You say, that sounds ridiculous. It's a real theory. <laughs> no, you can I don't encourage you to waste your time. I wouldn't. Believe me if you can. (laughs) If you don't want to believe me and you're like, I'm going to look this up, go ahead, look it up. You'll find it to be real. There are people who believe that the lie the Antichrist will give during this time is that alien invasion and we need to rescue ourselves and come together in peace so we can save ourselves from being abducted by more aliens. And that is what has happened. Uh, That's a common one that I've heard long ago okay, here's another one that's kind of popped up on the scene i'm gonna I'm gonna give you four real quick, and we'll kind of move forward um another one that has popped up on the scene as of late, and um something that I've kind of looked at and you know i've I've kind of thought well, you know that might make sense because there's an infatuation over the past i'd say fifteen years now, maybe twenty years with zombies. <laughs> I've never understood that like I remember as a Preteen, teenager, you know, Call of Duty um, became a big thing. And then Call of Duty, they released a mode called Zombies. I was never allowed to play it. And, um, but they released Zombies, and all these guys were just infatuated with the zombie world. They've got zombie shows and zombie this and zombie that. It's like a fairy tale for boys. And, <laughs> but uh, zombie this and zombie that. One of the theories that has come along of late, because it was never really a thought before, was the zombie apocalypse. Within the book of Revelation, when you have the uh, the the rapture and some things happening, right, there's going to be people popping out of graves, <laughs> meaning when Jesus comes back, there's going to be graves are going to be opened, right. So here are people walking across cemeteries and empty graves. And maybe, just maybe, the Antichrist is going to rise up and say, it's the zombie apocalypse. We better come together for one world peace to protect ourselves from the zombies. And, uh, you know, this is all going to happen. Get your machete out. And uh, we're going to be like one of those TV shows. I don't watch them because they're filled with filth. Shame on you if you've been watching some of these garbage TV shows. Let me tell you something, Christian. What are you wasting your time for? I don't understand what goes through some of uh, quote-unquote Christians' brains when they're like, hey, I'm going to watch this show. That's stupid. Why would you do that? It's unbiblical. It's ungodly. I will set no wicked thing before my eye. They're filled with cussing. They're filled with so much violence that it's inappropriate. They're filled with um, witchcraft and demonic agendas. I mean, terrible stuff. Why would you watch that as a Christian? You say, well, I watch it on VidAngel. Okay, you just change the hour show into, what, 15 minutes? (laughs) Because by the time they cut everything out, it's not even legitimate anymore. Might as well just watch the highlights on YouTube. Don't do that either. And (laughs) I don't understand. Anyway, i getting off, off topic today. We've done several episodes, by the way. If you go to com, go to our episodes list. We've got a search box there. If you type in um, um, TV, we did an episode on TV. If you, did in, if you typed in cuss boxes, we've done an episode on cuss boxes or filters, online filters, and what the Bible has to say about that. Go back and listen to those episodes for more information. But you know, maybe the the lie that the antichrist is going to give, and that it's the zombie apocalypse, and it's going to happen, and and uh, the zombies are going to get us, and <laughs> y'all, it's going to be a lie. Hello, maybe it's that. Now here, here's a third take for you. This is one that I haven't heard so much. This is more my take. You ready? You ready, you ready for you ready for a brother Josh opinion? You ready for a Josh take? Here we go. A JT. Josh take. All right, here we go. And do we need like a special like soundtrack for this? Josh take, Josh take. And uh, here we are. Um, this is a, uh, this is mine. Ready? I, I'm sure there's other people who have given this. So I, I can't claim credit, can't claim credit for it. I will say I haven't read anybody who said this. This is just me because this is what I've run into lately. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, here it is. Ready? Government conspiracy theory. Now, think about it. Think about it. Uh, Conspiracy theorists, who used to be nothing more than quacks, right? But conspiracy theorists have really come on the scene as of late. And some of the things they say are very interesting. Some of the things have a little bit of legitimacy to it. Uh, Some of the things are just wild and really out there. But you have the conspiracy theorist, which is really becoming this popular thing, right? I mean, they've always existed, but this is becoming more commonplace, especially with some of the things you have happening in politics and and being—not to use this term over and over today, but I'm failing to think of a better term—being it being propagated by a lot of this political agenda you have today that there's conspiracy in this and conspiracy in that. There's a lot of this just becoming progressive like never before. And could it not be that maybe the Antichrist rises on the scene and his lie that he promotes is is that The reason all these people are missing is it's a conspiracy of the government. They killed all these people. They took all these people out. All government is corrupt. We need to come together, reject all the current governments of the world, and come together in peace, harmony, and unity, caring for each person. Each life is is so precious and and we need to care about each other, and let's come in together and love and kumbaya and have peace and have no more killings, no more war. And we all need, the reason we need to do this is because all government has been corrupted. We need to have leadership. That's clear. Even the the sacred old book, the Bible, talks about having government and fearing God and having leadership. And so, I will be the leader, and I will come together, and we will we will come together, and all government is, is corrupted, and they want to kill you and eradicate you, and So we have come here because these people have been eradicated and I will take over. I don't know if you can see it. I can see it perfectly. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, that would really fly. I know a bunch of people who would be totally down on that. They'd be like, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No doubt about it. Government is corrupt. Conspiracy. They've taken these people out. Kidnapped. Modern day concentration camp or even better, they just killed them. That's why all these people are missing. The government's corrupt. Let's all come together. This guy is really smart. He's right. We need peace and love. And (laughs) hey, makes sense, y'all. Government conspiracies, the government abandonment movement is what I'm going to call it. The GAM. Government abandonment movement. And uh, I don't don't know. Just a theory I'm going to spin. I'm going to throw out there. There's a little take for you. Ready? Here we go. Last one. This is one that my pastor typically believes. By the way, can I just say this, y'all? They're all opinions. They could all be wrong. This is not like Bible doctrine. This is not anything where you're like, uh, this is the Bible's teaching. The Bible tells us what the lie is. No, it doesn't. Um, it, this is not doctrinal thing. This is just have fun with it whatever and uh, this is not matter for anything uh, when it happens it happens and truth be told if you're saved you're born again you're a you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for salvation then you're not going to be here anyway go back and listen to episode number 263 the biblical timing of the rapture um, but here's 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 my pastor's thought here's my father's thought on what is this uh, lie going to be are you ready Satan always works when he lies, right? He's the father of lies, but his best lies are always a little bit of the truth combined with a lie, right? Which you know, a half lie is a whole lie. Um, but you know, he he'll put a little truth in it. For instance, go back all the way to the Garden of Eden. Um, for thou shalt be as gods; for thou shalt thy eyes shall be opened. He wasn't lying. It's true. Their eyes would be open, They would be open to evil. All they knew right now was good. But now they would see evil, right? So he wasn't right. He he was completely lying to them, y'all. I understand, but please understand what I'm trying to say. There was a little bit of truth in that lie. Satan's lies go through the Bible, go through history. His best lies have always had a little bit of truth incorporated into them. Makes a lot of sense. So here is the possibility of what this lie could be. Antichrist steps up, TV cameras on him, press conference. I mean, he's some sort of world leader that stepped up to the plate. He says, Hey, all these people have disappeared. They've been telling us for years because all these people who disappeared were Christians. They've been telling us for years that the rapture would happen. And I'm here to tell you today, it has happened. Now, now that it has happened, we know that God is going to come back for us. And you know what we need to do? We all need to come together. We all need to drop our weapons and our guns, and we need to stop being at each other's throats, and we need to have peace and harmony to prove to God that we are good enough. There's the lie. We are good enough to go to heaven. Hey, n- here's the thing nobody is good enough to go to heaven. There's the lie right, if it's this works-based type thing, type thing that we're trying to prove to God that we are good enough to go to heaven, then it's a lie, right? So you could see a, a little bit of maybe that, maybe that's a possibility. Four decent possibilities there, right? Four decent things, four theories that you hear, right? The alien invasion theory, the government conspiracy theory, the zombie apocalypse theory, the little bit of truth theory. And they're all stupid. You say, what? We just spent this whole time talking about all these theories, and you're going to come on at the end and say they're ridiculous, they're stupid, they're a waste of time? Yes. You say, why? Now, look, I'm not trying to detract from saying, you know, we can have a little bit of fun with this, although it's not going to be a fun time. It's not going to be a funny thing. It's not going to be an enjoyable thing. So how much fun we should derive from guessing what the lie is going to be. Is that really fun? And uh, But, you know, sure. Take a look at it. Put your own theory out there. It's it's something interesting to talk about. You know, I don't mind. We sit in the car and we've got a long drive. Sure, let's discuss it a little bit. We'll spin some theories. We'll spin some yarns. We'll try some things out on each other. You know, hey, maybe it would be this. That's all good and fine. But let me tell you what I'm trying to get at at this point. We've done four episodes up to this point on the timing of the rapture and end times. We haven't really dived into the end times a whole lot. A lot of times when you get into end times, you end up deriving some of the things um, like left behind to where you have to develop a lot of your own theories because it's not very clear. It's like looking through blurred glass. Some things are very obvious, some things you can see, but other things it's hard to see, and, and Revelation is very hidden, a lot of it's still a mystery. We know some things. We know some timelines. We know some things that are going to happen, but exactly how, when, exactly, da-da-da-da-da, to the day, to the Some of it's still a mystery. But Here's what I find. You have some people who invest all their life and all their time and all their energy, and they take all their study time, and they sit in their study for 8, 10 hours a day, and they're studying out this, and they're studying out that, trying to figure out the mysteries of Revelation, the mysteries of the end of the book of Daniel, and the mysteries of what's going to happen here and what's going to happen then. And they're so focused on trying to figure out the mysteries that really, and I want to phrase this right, understand my heart today, they're wasting time. This world, if I can put it this way, is on a ticking time bomb, because God's going to destroy this whole earth one day, and time is ticking down. Remember my mom, when we had something exciting coming up during the day, and my wife does this with our children. When we had something exciting coming up, she would take construction paper. You've seen these before, right? And she would take construction paper and she would cut the paper into about one inch wide pieces, strips of paper. You would wrap them over on each other, you know, to form a little loop. You would staple or tape that loop together, and then you would make a paper chain. And with each day, you would rip a piece of that paper chain off, and that chain would get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. If God has a paper chain in heaven, which I don't think he does, (laughs) y'all, but if he had a paper chain in heaven, it's getting shorter with each passing day time is ticking. There are some people, let me phrase this right, please understand I'm not trying to condemn necessarily today. We're trying to challenge or maybe charge. Some people who sit and they spend all their time studying mysteries that God meant to be mysteries. He didn't say it clearly because he doesn't think you need to know. He thinks you need to know the mystery, but you don't need to know all the details. He's hidden some of those things. By the way, there are some things God just says are beyond us. We can't understand. And we can spin a theory, well, I think the lie is going to be this, and I think, I think it's going to be this, and I think the, the horsemen are going to look like this, and I think they're going to be this, and, and that scorpion that flies through the air and shoots fire in the book of Revelation, I think it's actually a helicopter. Well, no, I think it's actually a scorpion that comes out of the, the depths of the earth. Um, they're a mystery. They're a mystery. Are you missing this? They are a mystery. And there are some people who sit there for 8 to 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. They spend all their time, all their focus, all their energy on reading through and reading internet articles and trying to figure out all the mysteries. And I've got to know, what are the horsemen of Revelation? And here's the reason they're wasting time. Because right now, our job, our, can I put it this way, commission as a Christian is not to spend all of our time sure, take a look at it. Sure, read through. Sure, know your Bible. I'm not saying don't study your Bible. I'm not saying not to be familiar with things that happen in Revelation. I'm not saying don't ever look at es- the eschatology. Look, I, I come from a church where I just told you about a pastor who for two years did a verse-by-verse study of Revelation during Sunday school. I'm not saying don't know this stuff. I'm saying don't make it so important that you fail to meet your commission as a Christian. What is your commission? Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be. They were commissioned. Same commission as Mark 16, same commission as Matthew 28. They were commissioned to do this. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth just like the commission of mark 16 just like the com- commission of matthew 28 just like this commission here found in acts chapter 1 and hundreds of other passages in scripture you have been commissioned to be a witness you have been a com- you've been commissioned to be a light to the world you've been commissioned to take the gospel Around the globe, and yes, across the street, you have been commissioned to win souls. that's why Christ says the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the that the um, that the Father he would send forth laborers into the harvest. You have a job to do, and that is to win souls to win souls we recorded an episode, episode number uh, 67 and episode number 70. The most important thing you can do, part one and part two. You know what it is? Soul winning. You know what it is? Go giving the gospel to other people. You know what it is? Go doing this and go doing that. Here's the problem. And I'm not trying to broad brush anybody today, but this is what I've found to be true. I find people who are so involved in studying out and trying to figure out all the mysteries. And what is the end of the book of Daniel talking about? And what about this in Revelation? That they fail to do the things they should be doing today, like winning souls. I see people who become so involved in well, have you heard this, and this headline, and this topic, and this, and do you know this, and this this conspiracy, and this mystery that I'm trying to figure out, and this is going to do this, and this, and that? And they fail to win souls. I remember during 2020 and during 2021, the COVID years, You had people who were posting on Facebook every 20 minutes, don't get the COVID vaccine, don't do this, don't do that, And and right or wrong, whatever it may be, have your opinions, whatever. But I had so many people who, the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast and blah, 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 and this, this, this. And they posted so many pictures of the vaccine and posted so many takes and so many little videos and so many little links and so many thises and that's and so many memes and so many pictures and blah, 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 da, 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 da. blah, But they never posted any pictures about the soul they wanted the Lord. They never posted any pictures about, hey, I went out on church visitation this week. They never posted any pictures about, hey, how important it is to pass out a gospel track. They weren't at church soul winning. That was still going on during COVID. They weren't doing this and they weren't doing that. All they were worried about, and here's what I'm trying to hit at. All they were worried about is the mystery. What's going to be the mark of the beast? Is the COVID vaccine going to be the mark of the beast? That they failed to do What they're commanded to do, very clearly, it's not a mystery. They failed to do what they were commanded to do. It was the writer of Hebrews who said this in Hebrews chapter 12. After talking about the hall of faith, he said this in verse number one. Uh, Verse number two, he says this, very interesting, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, we're supposed to be looking to Jesus, As I said last episode, we're not looking for the Antichrist. That's the thing with mid-trib and post-trib. This has been the Rapture series. With mid-trib and post-trib views, we're not looking for Christ. We're looking for the Antichrist, looking unto Jesus, the author and Finish of our faith. But in verse number one, it says, "...wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses," let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us the race of life someone else who constant or uh, not constantly but talked about a race talked about the course of life was the apostle paul second timothy at the end of his life he wrote this in second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 he said i have fought a good fight i have finished my course i have kept the faith he talked about how, you know what, I've ran the course I needed to do. I didn't run the course of revelation, and I didn't run the course of the mysteries that might or might not happen. I didn't run the course of possibilities. I ran the course based on what the faith is, based on what I know, based on the Word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I finished my course by being obedient to this book. Jesus said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you love me, figure out the mysteries of Revelation. He didn't say, if you love me, figure out what the what the mark of the beast is. He didn't say, if you love me, figure out what the lie is. He didn't say, if you love me, go ahead and scrape away the blurred coating on the outside of the glass and get a real good view so that way you can be scholarly and know what Revelation is talking about in every single passage. He didn't say any of that. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, keep my commandments. You see, when we look back at scripture and we find the church that was winning thousands of souls every day. I mean, in one day they had 3000 souls come to Christ. And then in another time they had 5000 souls come to Christ. They were keeping the faith. They were obeying his commands and they weren't so busy trying to figure out all these mysteries. They were just busy about doing the things they were supposed to do. That doesn't mean they didn't study those things. That doesn't mean they didn't take a look at them. That doesn't mean they weren't aware of them. That doesn't mean they might not have had opinions and thoughts on them. They probably did, but it means more important than all those things and more important than trying to figure out this and that, and honestly, Christian, things you're not even going to be here for. More important than all those things, the early church did some things important. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. First of all, they were preaching the gospel. They were preaching the gospel. Now, who was preaching right here? Peter was. Um, He was pretty familiar with the end times, by the way. But I challenge you to take all the writings and all the preaching and everything that Peter said, And look up how many times he talked about the end times versus how many times he talked about the gospel, how many times he talked about obeying God today. The Apostle Paul, hey, he talked about the end times. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, clear evidence of that. In 1 Thessalonians as well, he talks about the end times. He talks about some things that are going to happen. But I challenge you to look at how many times he talked about the end times versus how many times he preached on doing stuff today, about being a living sacrifice tell you what this early church did, the church that turned the world upside down. It wasn't the church that revealed great mysteries. It was the church who, in verse 40 of Acts chapter 2, they preached the gospel. In verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized." They were not only winning souls, but they were getting them baptized." And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. You know what else this early church did that turned the world upside down? They didn't continue steadfastly in the apostles' speculation. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They made doctrine a priority. They made doctrine the Trinity, and they made doctrine that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and they made doctrine that uh, salvation by grace through faith alone is the way to heaven. They made doctrine an issue of importance. You know, the sad thing is we either have shallow Christians, or we have Christians who are distracted by things that really don't matter. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and what? and, And what? And fellowship. You no, know, it's kind of sad. We we've come to a younger generation. I'm talking about my age, my crowd, twenty seven, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. A non-fellowshipping generation, because social media has made them unsocial. You're like, I don't have social media. You're still unsocial. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You know who you're, you're listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, but. We have created an unsocial generation. We've created a generation that doesn't like to fellowship. Well, I don't like to do that activity, and I don't like fellowshipping with so-and-so because I don't like some of the things they do. You had 3,000 people got added to the church, folks. You think all 3,000 people liked each other? Oh, (laughs) no. I'm sure there were some of them who were like, you know, I really don't like that you do that. But they still fellowshipped. Can I just tell the younger generation, get over yourself, quit being selfish, start taking part in fellowship. You know what's sad is you have Christians in today's modern world who they will walk into church, they will sit, and I'm talking, let me let me just beat on the younger crowd my age because I can do it because I'm their age, all right? They walk into a church, they sit out on a pew, and they stay there until the service starts, and then as soon as the service's done, they walk out the door. They don't talk to anybody. They don't go shake hands. They don't fellowship. They just sit there on their rear doing whatever they want, fiddling with their thumbs, looking at their phone, staring at the floor. Sad. But this church, they turned the world upside down because they majored in doctrine, they majored in fellowship, and notice what else they did. And in breaking of bread, they ate food. Hallelujah. I'd rather eat than try to figure out all the mystery. and And in prayers. Last three words of verse 42, and in prayers. And in prayers. When has the church changed? The church has changed from a house of prayer to a house of entertainment. We don't like long prayer meetings anymore. In fact, I challenge you, call a prayer meeting at your church, see how many people show up. But, oh, if you had a... If you had a Southern Gospel group come into church, which, why would you do that? If you had a Southern Gospel group come into your church, oh, man, you would pack the house out. But you said, prayer meeting, three people show up. If you said, hey, watch this, ready? Prophecy conference, oh, man, pack the house out. What's going to happen with Russia? What's going to happen in the Middle East? Prophecy conference, come find out the mysteries of Revelation Packed house. Come for prayer meeting. Three people show up. Could it be that the early church turned the world upside down? Because they just did the things they knew they needed to do, and they let God worry about the mysteries. verse 44 and that and all that believed were together and had all things common verse 45 and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need they were unselfish and they were givers the bible says to give the bible says to, to take part in all these things many things we've discussed on the podcast before you don't need me to review them all for you you know them they were givers how sad it would be that we become so involved in the mystery of this and the mystery of that and now what are the horsemen that we failed to just take part in the things we need to do today, like giving. Verse 46, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. My friend, they were involved in church every day. Here we are, we have services, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Four services, kind of, if you want to look at it in that way. Man, you struggle to get people to come to all four. And all four faithfully, like back-to-back every single week. Church faithfulness, it's amazing, amazing how many people will skip church for work. Yeah. Come on, let's talk about it, because this isn't a very popular subject today. Well, Brother Josh, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to go do this and you got to go do that. Um, Show me that in Scripture. Episode number 26, The Faithful Failure Too Many Christians Make. Look, I'm not trying to be harsh, and I'm not trying to be mean, and, and we talk very clearly about that in episode number 26, so if you want my heart on that, if you want the Bible on that, go back and listen to that episode number 26. So I'm trying to hurry through this so some of this may come across a little bit harsher than what it actually is meant to be. But look, we've got a a generation of Christians coming up who are more concerned with studying out the mysteries and they skip church to do this and to do that. That's not what God has for us. If you love me, keep my commandments. These people were involved in church. And God was adding to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, understand this. I'm not saying don't study out Revelation. My own pastor did it for two years, y'all. I'm not saying don't study things out. We just did. We're, We're coming off. This is part four of the Rapture series. What do we have in this? Is it like three hours in this series so far, I think? There's a lot here. I'm not saying don't study it out. I'm not saying don't be familiar with it. I'm not saying don't read it. I'm not saying don't don't take something in the Bible and have an interest in it. If that's your thing, so be it. Here's what I'm saying. You can study this out, and you can look at the mysteries, and you can try and figure some things out. I'm all for it, but be careful you're not doing this be careful that you're not replacing soul winning fellowship church attendance being involved in services at church that you've replaced those things you know to be doing you've replaced the non mysteries with studying for with studying for mysteries you get guys prophecy guys they go on tbn they're like, let me tell you what God showed me today in my lesson. I was studying out, and the horseman of Revelation was 25 feet tall and a quarter inches. In his nostrils, when you opened up his nostrils, you could fit the, the fist of a man inside his nostrils. It was a big horse. I mean, come on, folks. So 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 busy. So busy trying to figure out the mysteries that we failed to win a soul? Let me ask you this. When was the last time you passed out a gospel track? When was the last time you went beyond that? You opened your mouth. He said, hey, if you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Hey, has anybody ever taken the Bible and shown you how you can know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? When was the last time you done that? Could it be that we get so involved with things that we're not even going to be here for? If you're truly saved and you're truly born again, you're not going to be here for the lie. You're not going to be here to to see the strong delusion that's going to come. You're not going to be here for it. You're going to be too busy praising Jesus. Now, look, I like these topics. I enjoy them just as much as the next guy because I'm a debater. So I like to do I just told you I developed my own theory, y'all. I have my own theory on what's going to happen, my own opinion. I like talking about this stuff, sure. But let's not get our priorities out of whack. Let's not get our priorities out of place. Let's keep things in proper perspective because I'm not going to be here for the lie and I'm not going to be here for what the mark is. Is it going to be a barcode? Is it going to be a shot? Is it going to be a chip? Is it going to be a microchip? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? I'm not going to be here. I know what God says in Scripture about the mark and that's all I need to know. But I do know this, there's always another soul to reach. There's always fellowship to be had. There's church to be involved in, a ministry to fulfill, a gospel to be preached, people to love on, souls to win, souls to win, souls to win, souls to win. Don't let the mystery take place of the non-mystery. That's all I'm saying. Keep your priorities in place. Fight the good fight. Finish the course. Keep the faith. You do that, God will be pleased. Put God first. If you love me, keep my commandments. So send I you. He still calls. He still saves. He still sends. Where is he sending you today? My friend, I hope you've enjoyed the Rapture series. Hopefully this has helped you have been able to put some things in proper perspective, put some things in proper proper place, and understand some things about the Rapture. If you have any questions, you can email me, joshua at com. Now, I'm going to be away for the next two weeks. We're not going to be able to put out a podcast due to I'll be um, away on some different things. I'll be taking some family time with my family to a different state. And we'll also be doing some teen things as well with my teen group here at the church. So we won't have episodes for the next two weeks. So you're going to have to put it on pause. Go back and listen to one of our old episodes. There's 265 of them. So go take advantage of those. Until next time, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.